0: church has had to figure out what to do with so much mental distress in our, um, you know, in our state, within our, our country and the world in the last several years. It's put it at the very front and executives within churches and not Christian nonprofits have had to really grapple with the, what is really going on here.
1: Well, hello there and welcome to the Praxis podcast. Praxis is the college-aged community of Three Crosses Church in Castro Valley, California, and this podcast exists for the purpose of engaging in conversations that help young people flourish in life and faith. I'm your host, Max Critchfield, the pastor of the college-aged community at Three Crosses, and we're so glad you're here. Well, in this first season of the Praxis Podcast, we're talking about mental health as well as exploring the connections between mental health and Christian faith. Uh, I am joined by two amazing guests who will be joining me at different points for the duration of this season of the podcast. And they are Amanda Galletto and Katie Dennis. They're licensed therapists, they're members of local churches, and they're people who are passionate about seeing people experience wholeness and healing in their lives. In our last episode, we talked a bit about kind of the what and the why of mental health, mental hygiene, we talked a bit about in episode one, and we're going to be talking a bit today about kind of the who and how of mental health. Um, So as we get into today's uh, conversation about kind of the who and the how of mental health, we always begin with a disclaimer around this topic of mental health, and that disclaimer is this that. This podcast episode is not a replacement for professional therapy. This podcast is a platform where where we will be sharing resources and information that may be useful to the general public. If you are in crisis and you need immediate assistance, please call 988. So as we mentioned, we talked a bit in episode one about the what and why of mental and emotional health. And now kind of in sort of part two of the introduction of this season, really, um, We're talking about the how and the who. Uh, How do we begin to address mental health issues in our lives, and who do we go to to help us through those issues? How do we navigate them? And uh, maybe just by way of introduction, I think um, as a pastor, you know, someone who's worked in the local church for 15 years um, in youth contexts and working with college-age students and people currently... um, I feel like kind of the the landscape of how the church has thought about mental health has shifted. You know, even in the time from when I, you know, accepted Christ almost 20 years ago, you know, entered the ministry, that I would say earlier on, uh, maybe 15 years ago, that maybe seeing a therapist or counselor, I don't know if it would I would say it was frowned upon, but maybe that wouldn't be what you would recommend to somebody who was struggling. You know, you might tell them like, Mm -hmm. hey, um, you know, just kind of dive deeper into spiritual practices, like read your Bible, pray about Mm it, Um, you know, talk to your pastor. And maybe there was just sort of an air of like, um, like suspicion, you know, of like, okay, Mm -hmm. if I, Mm -hmm. you know, send this Person in my church who's come to me with this issue to see a therapist, counselor, psychiatrist, psychologist, something like that. You know, like I don't know how I feel about that. And uh, you know, this is just me speaking of what I felt kind of in the air, you know, in that in that period in the church. But I I feel like that that has has changed, you know, in um, in kind of this intervening time. We're recording a whole season in this podcast talking about this topic of mental health. So I would just ask you guys that question that do, do you feel like the landscape in the church uh, as we as you know followers of Jesus think about mental health? Do you feel like it's shifted? And, and if so, how has it? Oh,
2: I think 100% it has uh, shifted and changed in really positive directions. Um, you mm. know, even uh, like a tangible way of seeing that is even the idea that we would be invited to be on this podcast as therapists, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, or to speak at, uh, you know, youth events or mops groups or, you know, Mm -hmm. to have, um, uh, churches asking for information from the mental health field and Christian therapists. Um, I think it's also done a really great job of like beginning to identify that things do exist like depression, anxiety, Mm -hmm. suicidality, or other things uh, that are disturbing or distressful to people's lives. I do think that we could also still have a little bit of growth and not just acknowledging that they exist, but also understanding and supporting why the root causes, how those things come to be in a way Mm -hmm. um, that uh, is more well-rounded.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I think... That the language is, is the things that I have noticed that church has words for things that are within our field now. Mm-hmm. They, it's not a foreign concept. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the actual idea of mental health um, is, is within the language of the church. And what I think has made it really exciting is the understanding and acknowledgement that mental health is just as important as physical health. And that the words that we use for describing diabetes um, and, and the grace and openness that we talk about diabetes or a heart condition is the way that we are moving forward to talking about things like depression, anxiety in, in the mm-hmm. church. I think that's something that we can be so excited about, so proud of, and um, in that we create space, for people to come, and any wound, any difficulty is available. And I think because the church has had to figure out what to do with so much mental distress in our, um, you know, in our state, with our in our country and the world in the last several years, it's put it at the very front. Mm-hmm. And executives within churches and not Christian nonprofits have had to really grapple with. what is really going on here? And how do I have language for that? How do I put forth the acceptance and the space within my congregation, within my staff? So I think it's gone um, so far pre-COVID and then it it, it went even further as we've been, are coming out of COVID. And I think there's just nothing but positive changes and development there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I was just, I think I saw a headline or um, an article recently. It was like a polling of therapists. And I think it said that uh, six out of 10 therapists that were polled said they had no availability to see any more people, you know? And so it's just kind of like there's been this wave of people seeking help that feels unprecedented, you know? And we talked a bit about that in episode one. And, um, as, as a pastor, I feel that as well, you know, even as you guys are talking in, in this last season of kind of being in ministry, you know, I'll be meeting with somebody, I'll be talking with them, you know, and I'll be, I'll be sharing pastoral kind of care with them. We're going to talk a little bit about those different kind of buckets of kind of in the, in the who section in just a bit, but, um, you know, I'll kind of get through conversation with somebody, I'll meet with them maybe a number of times and feel like what I am doing alone with this person is not all that could be available to help them because sure. in spite of, you know, all the conversation, the resources, the things that I'm sharing with them, the prayers that I'm praying for them. Um, there's, it feels like there's more, you know, and sometimes I can just feel like, like, like helpless, you know, I'm just I'm sure. not sure how to help yeah. this person, you know, and I, I see them suffering and I'm, I'm hurting myself because I want to see them kind of break free from what it is that they're, stuck in and so myself personally um you know i've really enjoyed obviously getting to meet you and other you know christian therapists um who can be partners in kind of helping people who feel stuck yeah. you know to mm-hmm. experience that freedom to experience that joy like we talked about in episode 1 um and I think that kind of, kind of the breaking down of some of those barriers, the entrance of that vocabulary, the the acknowledgement of like there are these, you know, these deep issues uh, and depression, anxiety, things we're going to be devoting whole episodes to in this season um, that need more specialized attention and care. Yeah, than mm-hmm. perhaps we thought about before.
2: Yeah, and I think that is really like the example of the major shift that has happened. Whereas historically, maybe it was those things would be. The end solution, the fix to all of those things. And if that wasn't working, there was something not happening on the um, congregants end. you know, the person attending church end. Whereas now, really, what you're saying is, hey, let's do all these things. And in conjunction with that. Let's also get some extra support when we need that. It's not that you have to leave behind the things that the church mm-hmm. or pastoral care are offering. It's like, let's also add something else so that those two things are working together to help you find the freedom that you're looking for. Yeah. And, and, and then that person is
0: walking in a place of hope and collaboration uh, mm-hmm. holistically with that team rather than ever feeling isolated or... Mm-hmm. Um, not good enough in their faith right? to be on the other end of better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Well, when it, when it comes to helpers, you know, maybe we could just use this big bucket term for that person who might come alongside you, you know, in conjunction there, there's a lot of terms, you know, and, um, you got psychologists, you got psychiatrists, you got, therapist, you got Christian therapist, you got counselor, you got pastor, you got spiritual director, you know, I've become a spiritual director and very few people know what that is, you know? So, um, uh, could you guys make, help us make sense a bit of, of some of these, of these terms, you know, when we're using all these words, phrases, um, how, how are they different? How are they similar?
0: Sure. Um, so, There's a bucket full of people that want to help in the world of psychology, (laughs) and there is a variety of ways that that can happen, and they require various types of education to be called whatever they are called, right? So uh, a psychiatrist is a doctor and is able to diagnose a mental health issue and prescribe medication, That's their main role in our medical system. A psychologist is also a doctor, but they are not a doctor of any kind of medication. They are only a doctor within the field of psychology. So they are more likely to be at an expert level within a specific specialty. And they are people that you are seeing maybe for assessments. You're maybe seeing them because they've written a book on a specific approach um, but a psychologist is also a PhD rather than an MD. Uh, they also could be a PsyD, which is another uh, whole thing. But the most important thing to know about that particular piece is that they might be able to teach um, with that particular um, education. A therapist is someone who is, has a master's level of education and is trained to help people process their life. Uh, in a setting where there is a non-judgmental space and they could be working on things as small as transitions, like moving to a new area or having a um, difficulty with a learning disability all the way through childhood trauma. There's a vast variety that is covered within what a therapist is available for. And therapists also may have a specialty for Katie and I, part of our specialty is that we are Christian therapists. Um, and so we have had a, a extensive training in integrating faith within the world of psychology and therapy. And we mm-hmm. we do that in a way that is part of the air in which we are, but there's not overt um, scripture and prayer unless it's led by the patient. Whereas going into what a pastoral counselor would do is it would be overt scripture specifics of what God says about that topic. And maybe with a little bit more leaning, rather a therapist is not able to do that due to the laws and ethics within our profession. Um, there's some parameters that that can go. So a lay pastor is someone who has minimal training, uh, in what our, what we would say are care needs, um, needs within the church um, where they just need to talk to someone, but someone who is safe and who is someone who is deemed appropriate by the church staff and has probably had some training to hold someone's dynamics that they are experiencing in their life for a period of time. So lay pastoring usually is a relationship for a small period of time, where they help maybe stabilize someone, hear what is maybe going on at home, and then hopefully referring out um, because most likely that person would needs continued support. And then obviously Max, i what you know you can speak to what a pastoral counselor would do, which is part of your role and a spiritual director.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, I would say that those two, and sometimes when I talk about spiritual direction, for example, I tell people that it's kind of in the constellation of help, you know, you kind of got like the big dipper, you know, you can see that from where we live here. I don't know anything else about other constellations, honestly. It sounded good. But, um, <laughs> I didn't get a degree in astronomy, Uh, so I'm a pastor. Uh, But it's kind of in the constellation of help, you know, that you kind of like forms, you know, you connect these stars together, it forms kind of this picture in the sky, right? And so kind of, Amanda, what you said there of like a pastoral care is someone who maybe comes to me and says, hey, I'm I'm working through something, you know, or like, hey, I'd like to talk to you about this situation. Um, And actually now my kind of training in spiritual direction, which is what I like to call just kind of generous listening to mm. um, to a person and to God um, mm-hmm. to kind of discern what he might be doing in someone's life at any given mm-hmm. time. That that's kind of what the focus of spiritual direction is. It can feel, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of listening and kind of mirroring back and kind of inward prayer for the person, with the person, while they're sharing And it's really informed my pastoral ministry, you know, when someone comes to me and wants to talk about something that I'll be listening. And maybe I offer Mm -hmm. encouragement from the scriptures. I'll offer to pray for them if it feels appropriate. Um, I will be praying for them, uh, you know, outside of our meetings as I just care for them as, as a a shepherd, you know, presence in their life. And, um, and in the course of my maybe conversation, And talking with them, I might feel that it might be appropriate for them to talk with someone who has more specialization or skill, which was kind of what Amanda just described there. So I
2: love that phrase, generous listening. Me too. Another bumper sticker. (laughs) Can we make that another bumper sticker? Yeah, I love that.
1: You know, there's a lot of definitions of spiritual direction, but really that's the one that has kind of most mm-hmm. life and direction for me yeah. is it's really offering a gift to somebody of a listening presence, a non-anxious mm-hmm. presence, and um, mm-hmm. just allowing someone to listen to themselves and to God and creating a space for that.
2: I, um, uh, I, 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 I might steal that. That's great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Feel free. It's not. It wasn't mine, so I'm sure they'd be welcome, happy to have it be spread. Um so I think that's really helpful, you know, and someone's and I'm gonna ask this question later if you're a person who's just like, I feel like I'm hung up on something. Where do I start to find help? Um, but maybe just zooming in on obviously what you guys have both shared, being therapists, being Christian therapists, you talked a little bit about, you know, what is that? So you might say, like, hey, maybe I I feel like I might need therapy, you know, if you're just a person and maybe you watch some TikTok videos or something <laughs> like that. Totally. <laughs> um, you know, what is therapy? What is it? What is it not? And, um, and how does that process work?
2: Yeah. So therapy, um, is really, uh, includes a lot of the things that, um, you have mentioned, but it's really, uh, also includes the clinical skills, support, education. That is, I think the thing that contributes something different than what we've mentioned before in terms of like pastoral counseling and that. So, you know, therapy is not Starbucks with a girlfriend. (laughs) as much as we would like it to be, (laughs) you know, we uh, want you to feel like you're gaining something, you're exploring something, you're gaining new insight, you're finding healing, you're learning a new skill to be able to cope with life circumstances, and that it's always kind of moving forward. Because therapy is also way more expensive than a Starbucks coffee. (laughs) and So we want you to feel that you're getting something more from it. If that makes sense. And so then also because of that, then we don't want to not have your friends around. We want to utilize them. We want them to be a part of the journey that you're walking on, you know, pastoral staff as well. And so then, um, you know, those are the people that you're really going to find advice Um, or direction, a course of action to take, or some answers or solutions to the things that are in your mind or the questions that you're asking. Whereas therapy is going to be more of like a safe space to kind of process for you to find healing and to really be empowered to make choices and decisions for yourself that create the life that you're desiring and the things that you want. Mm.
0: We, we do have couches. Yes. Let's talk about that. <laughs> we do have do couches. It's very them. rarely do that people do lay on them, but they do. They do. Let's just yeah. acknowledge sometimes they do. Yeah. Um, and um, there are therapists that are just going to sit and nod and just, you know, uh, be a space for you. Mm-hmm. And part of what we are hoping is that if you do enter therapy that you know that you can ask for what you'd like, you get to interview us, you get to figure out if we're the right fit for you. We actually even use the word chemistry. Like, is there a vibe? Is there a chemistry that you feel seen, heard and valued by that therapist? Um, Because you're going to end up talking about really hard things. Mm -hmm. And if you cannot feel that initial space of this feels good and this feels like a fit, then Mm -hmm. you're, you're actually not going to do all the work that maybe God has in mind. So, uh, most therapists uh, want you to find the right fit. Uh, and for Katie and I, it's a for sure. If we get kicked to the curb because we're not the right person, Great. we love that someone knows that for themselves. And and we don't assume that we are the right fit for everyone. No. <laughs> uh, we know that God has called us to see certain people and other people to see other therapists. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, but please know it's okay to find the right fit and to not... Um, settle Mm -hmm. for seeing a therapist because you found someone that loves Jesus and seems to know what they're doing. If if you don't feel that chemistry, if you don't feel like they can align with your goals, with their specialties, with their giftings, it's okay to say no thank you and move on. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you are looking at a therapist, um, you can definitely get referrals from your pastor, you can get referrals from mentors, you can get Referrals from people that you admire that have gone before you. Um, a lot of churches have a referral list of Christian therapists that they know the quality of their work and know that they are, um, you know, just a, a safe place to start the therapy adventure um, so those are places you can find a therapist. You also can, you know, use a, a good old Google search and put in Christian therapists for your area and, and see some people, you can look at their profile, you can get a vibe for their content. If they have an Instagram, if they have a Twitter, whatever they might have, and you can get a feel for who they are. And then that first call or email, you're starting your interview process yeah. to figure out what do they like? Are they going to be able to see me long-term? Am I going to be able to afford to see this therapist? Um, You're kind of asking some of those critical questions and interviewing them and eventually deciding if you can keep seeing them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the last thing in this is that therapy has different phases based on your goals. Uh, Some people come to therapy for the first time uh, and they're ready to do a certain layer of what we would call their work. Um, and then other times they're there because they've seen a couple of therapists and they've started, but they know that God has more for them. So you could be at any point in your life and decide, I'm going to call a therapist and talk about it. Or you can be, have done work and are trying to pick up on a new place that maybe you left off on. Uh, maybe there's a childhood wound you weren't ready to talk about yet. And so you go back mm. into therapy, it's because now you feel more ready, um, or, you know, obviously the most common reason that people do reach out to us is they're in crisis. Their marriage is in crisis. They feel suicidal. Um, someone has died, right? They're, those are the big reasons people usually call us. But then there are people who've learned how to use therapy just to take care of themselves. And they call us, you know, every five years to do a checkup. And they, we check in on things that they've been working on, or we do a new layer of, of, of wounding that they haven't necessarily looked at yet. So um, those are the two things that I think are important is knowing what therapy can include in the phases and types of therapy, and then also how to find the right therapist. And just knowing that you don't hurt our feelings no. when we are not the right person and that we are about you finding the right person to do the right work.
2: And I think sometimes mm-hmm. you might not discover the fullness of what that really means until you've been in for a little while. And so to also be empowered to give feedback to the therapist about what is working, what isn't working, what things would need to shift or change. Or to also decide, you know, I really, now that I've spent some more time with this person, I feel like they're not meeting the need I have at this time. And you could also Mm -hmm. end at that point and ask for a referral or someone new. But uh, it's important to remember you're never obligated to stay in a circumstance that doesn't feel safe and comfortable for you and isn't helping you achieve the things that you're looking for.
1: That's super helpful. (laughs) And that kind of ties into a question that I was kind of thinking about is we're, Kind of beginning to land the plane here on this talking about kind of the who of uh of therapy and mental health uh it's just like let's just say i'm a person and like we were talking about kind of the the dental hygiene angle um mm-hmm. <laughs> last episode of like something just doesn't feel quite right you know and i'm not even sure if i can name that maybe it's something acute you know like some of those um situations that you mentioned amanda and, and katie but um I feel like there's something off in me, but I'm not sure how to address it. Um, h- how do I discern, perhaps as, as a person of faith, as a young person, um, how to proceed? If I'm just feeling like something's not quite right with me, Like, wh- what would we say? What would you say about where, where do we begin?
2: what kind of comes to mind is like, there's, uh, you know, like a climbing of stairs of maybe level of education and things able to provide. So, you know, like all of us, if we have something kind of distressing in our life, we might first reach out to a friend, a mentor, someone in our, a small group leader and kind of find out what's going on. And then, you know, if it, we need a little bit more than what that person is able to provide, we might go up. Another level and reach out for pastoral care, pastoral direction, maybe meet with a lay counselor a couple times and see if we need something more than that. And then we're uh, achieving a level of support, but we still feel like maybe there's like something a little bit more that I need. Then you might like reach out to a therapist find someone that can support you in that way. And throughout the therapy process, that person should also be supporting you and helping you decide, do I need to meet with a psychiatrist or a psychologist to get some testing or find out if medication might be helpful for me at this time. And so there is like a, uh, you know, a series of reach outs that kind of build on each other, because I think naturally all of us are going to kind of want to go to the person that we trust the most, you know, if we have that person available to us and see what they say. (laughs) And then we're going to build on that, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's important to um, capitalize on that this is for the stuck individual Mm -hmm. versus the person that has been depressed and is having suicidal thoughts. Right, okay. right. That what Katie was just describing is is for someone who's just kind of wanting to be curious and to and to kind of un- discover themselves versus someone who's in acute distress. Um, and I, I know that that was highlighted, but I kind of just feel like, if, if you're just not okay right now, then call us right away. Call a therapist, get in. Um, and not okay means that you don't know how to get out of bed, that you are not able to shake the anxiety, that you might be having suicidal thoughts, um, that the tears just keep falling, mm-hmm. right? Those are, those are um, a straight shot. Um, but the wondering of, and the curiosity of how to keep moving forward in life the existential crisis, those types of things I, I that are, are more of what Katie is talking about. And so I wanted to make sure that we yeah. were all on the same page on that. For sure. Thank you.
1: Yeah. And even as we mentioned at the disclaimer at the beginning and end of this episode, if you're in acute distress, there's this mental health hotline 988 mm-hmm. that, um, you know, if you're not well, you're listening to this right now, you should call that number. Yeah. And um, and I think that, I mean, com- see the common thread in everything that we said is... Uh, it, it starts with the call, you know, it starts with reaching out to somebody. And um, even like we were talking about in episode one, I'm just that joy is possible, mm-hmm. you know, change can happen. And sometimes when we find ourselves in the the depths of something challenging, we're we're not sure if we believe that. And I think that that's what we would want to underscore to every person who might be listening to this is that you. Um, our, you know, our desire as as helpers, God's desire that we believe for each of you, whoever you might be, is that is hope for you Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: that healing can happen. Um, and it just starts with the call, you know, if, whether it's to a friend, whether it's to a trusted mentor, whether it's reaching out to a Christian therapist, whether it's calling a, a crisis line, um, I can remember a time when um, I was helping somebody who was dealing with, you know, just some really severe issues and it was affecting me personally. I called the crisis line. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Awesome. And, awesome. and um, I found it really helpful, you know, honestly. And I have a lot of layers of help in my life, mentors, friends, yeah. Yeah. pastors, people. But it was just like, man, I'm, this was a lot. And I think it would help to talk to somebody mm-hmm. who just helps people who are in crisis for a living. And it, and it really was. It was a blessing. and. Um, And so I think that that's a helpful word for us as we're thinking about, you know, if we're sitting out there and thinking like, yeah, I got a little pain, you know, or I'm just like, or maybe it's very acute. Maybe it's just kind of a little stirring, but it starts with just uh, believing that something could be different and making a call. yeah And maybe I got to make a few calls, but um, it it can be possible.
0: Thank you, Max. It is so refreshing for us as providers to hear a pastor completely understand what is needed for people um, in that space and to say it as well as you did and as easily as you did and with um, a beautiful place of self-disclosure of knowing how the process really works is, I mean, just, um, it's such a privilege to to be with you in this and to, to see and hear you.
2: Yeah. Way to go.
1: Well, I'm crying, so
2: congratulations.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for saying that. Um, It's great. Well,
2: and how powerful for the people that honor you, respect you, to know that they can do the same. That's what you just gave is permission. That's a powerful thing. Way to go, man.
1: Well, um, any final words as we kind of land the plane on this episode two of the Praxis podcast? I
0: don't think so. God's not finished, man. God's got God's a story not he's doing in your life. He's doing a story in our life. And we've got a road that we're all figuring out. None of us know how to do it all, right? None of us know how what the next day will bring. So we are just coming alongside you as lovers of God and lovers of your whole self. And we hope that we, you've heard something here today that's inspired you to keep uh, stepping forward in whatever form that could be, yep. that you are knowing that you are cared for, loved, and that there are people that are cheering you on that you can't see, yep. that yep. believe mm-hmm. you with where you are, that understand where you are and are praying for you and hoping that you feel the presence of Jesus today as you decide to do another day. Well
1: said. Amen. Well, as we began, um, just continuing our disclaimer to close that this podcast episode is not a replacement for professional therapy. This podcast is a platform where we are sharing resources and information that may be useful to the general public. Um, If you are in crisis and you need immediate assistance, please call 988. If today's podcast episode raised questions for you, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at praxispodcast at threecrosses.org. That's praxispodcast at threecrosses.org. We're going to be answering questions, hopefully, at a few points during the season, and we would love to hear from you. Well, I want to say a huge thank you again to my gracious guests, Amanda and Katie, for being with us and helping us to engage with these really important topics thank you so much.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Max. (laughs) Thank you.
1: And uh, thanks to you podcast listener for listening to this conversation. We hope that you found today's conversation helpful and we hope to catch you again soon. This is the Praxis podcast. Have a great day.